Saint Monica, the mother of Saint Augustine, was known for her sanctity even during her earthly life. In her son's autobiography, The Confessions, which is an amazing uh, spiritual classic that I recommend, Saint Augustine's Confessions, in the Confessions, uh, Monica uh, says uh, there's this beautiful scene. I should say, there's this beautiful scene that Augustine describes where Monica and Augustine, they're alone and they're conversing about the joys of heaven. And if you pray the office of readings, as all priests do, this is something we read every single year. At one point, Monica says these beautiful words. For my own part, I have no further delight in anything in this life. What I do here any longer, and to what end I am here, I know not. So Monica longed for heaven. She died not long after, and Augustine was very consoled by the memory of this conversation that he had shared with her. And he hoped that his mother was in heaven. But he did write this prayer to God. I pour out unto thee, O our God, in behalf of that thy handmaid, his mother, tears, flowing forth from a spirit shaken by the thoughts of the dangers of every soul that dieth in Adam. And although she had lived to the praise of thy name from her faith and conversation, yet I dare not say that from the time of her baptism until her death, no word issued from her mouth against thy commandment. I do now beseech thee for the sins of my mother. So Augustine was confident in God's mercy, but also fully aware of his justice. He knew his mother was a holy woman, but not that she was without all sin. So he prayed for her soul after she died, that she would be truly ready. But ready for what exactly? Well, ready for judgment. During these last weeks of the church year, next weekend is Christ the King Sunday, the end of the liturgical year, the new year begins, uh, the first Sunday of Advent. During these last weeks, our readings and liturgies offer a reflection on the traditional four last things, death, judgment, hell, and heaven. Four realities that if we would think about them more often would help us to be prepared for the inevitable that all of us will one day die. When we do, we will be judged. And every one of us will either suffer in hell for all eternity or, we hope, enjoy heaven forever, perhaps after a stop in purgatory. It seems, however, that unless we're suffering from an illness of some kind or we're getting up there in years, we often don't think about these four last things. Cardinal Schoenborn, an Austrian archbishop, noted as much when he wrote this. Something very strange has taken place in recent years. Christians have lost touch with heaven. Of the desire for heaven, our heavenly home, we hear hardly a word. It is as if Christians have lost the orientation that for centuries defined the direction of our journey. We have forgotten that we are pilgrims and that the goal of our pilgrimage is heaven. Connected with this is another loss. We largely lack the awareness that we are on a dangerous pilgrim path, and it is possible for us to miss our goal. To put it bluntly, we do not long for heaven, 
We take it for granted that we will get there. Where we end up after this dangerous pilgrimage on earth is decided for all eternity the moment we die and are individually judged based on how we lived. Did we reject God? Did we seek him out or did we ignore his promptings in favor of our own selfish desires? Did we repent of these sins? See, God is loving, of course. I mean, he is love. And he's perfectly forgiving and merciful, giving us every opportunity to accept his free gift of eternal happiness. But it is still possible to go to hell, even for people that come to church. Even though Jesus went the extra mile by becoming man and and dying on the cross for us to bring us home to himself, If we don't accept his free gift, he will not force us into heaven. Because love cannot be forced. It has to be a choice. And Christ, being a perfectly just judge, will respect our choice. If we reject him, he won't overrule us and force us to be with him. This is why it's sometimes said that the door to hell is locked from the inside. We choose it more than God sends us there. As the psalm said, he will rule the world with justice. Our first reading from Malachi expressed the same truth, but in perhaps more terrifying language, when he says, Lo, the day is coming, blazing like an oven, when all the proud and all evildoers will be stubble. And the day is coming, the day that is coming, will set them on fire. But for you who fear my name, there will arise the sun of justice with its healing rays. We obviously want to be the ones that fear the Lord's name so we can experience those healing rays, right? But does this mean that we should fear Jesus as we should be afraid of him? Well, remember, fear of the Lord is one of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit we first get at baptism, which is strengthened in confirmation. Sometimes it's also called wonder and awe, not just fear of the Lord, but wonder and awe to make sure we understand that it's not supposed to just be a terror in the presence of a loving God, which would not make sense. Yet I do think that fear is a good label for how we begin to approach God, especially as we ponder these four last things. Beginning Christians are sometimes, as we learn about hell, become afraid of its torments. And that's a healthy thing, to be afraid of going to hell. But as we get to know God more closely through prayer and know him personally and to truly love and desire his presence, well, then maybe we don't fear the punishments as much as we fear losing the presence of someone we love, of damaging that relationship. And we fear making choices that would separate us from the God who loves us. In other words, we fear sin. It's like a a child who at first is afraid of being punished for doing what's wrong, but as they mature, they are afraid of doing something that would hurt mom or dad. And while we may have forgotten that we're pilgrims on a dangerous path, we're still certainly very curious about the end times. Some people wondered, remember back in 2012, if the world was going to end then because of some arrangement of the Mayan calendar. Some expected the world to end when the calendar turned from 1999 to 2000. And if you scroll through Netflix or whatever, there's tons of movies about the end. Millions of dollars have been made exploiting our 
human curiosity about when and how the end of the world will arrive. And people have always been curious about it. Both Paul and Jesus, in today's readings though, tell us not to worry so much about that. Because in a way, the end is already here. We are in the end times. We've been in the end times since Jesus arrived. It's just not yet here in its fullness. People die every day and are judged before God. We need not be overly concerned in this life for predicting the date of the end of the world because Christ is here among us in his church offering us his mercy now. Our immediate concern should on this dangerous pilgrimage be that we are approaching our own deaths, our own judgments, and our own entrance into either heaven or hell. And we should ponder that fact and seek to grow in our fear of the Lord. Yeah, fear of the eternal punishment, but also, and even more importantly, the fear of losing that relationship with the God whom we love and who loves us enough to die for us. And we should live our entire lives oriented toward that goal of heaven and away from sin, which tempts us to choose hell instead. In the last line of today's gospel, Jesus reminded us that by your perseverance, you will secure your lives. What does he mean? He's calling us to persevere, to always seek the Lord, to reject sin, to repent over and over again, as many times as we need to, going to confession when we fall, so that even if we die suddenly, when we least expect it, we're going to be ready to face our judge. And then, and this is an important thing to remember too, like Augustine praying for his mother, remember the church, Catholic Church, your church, will always be here praying for your soul should you find yourself in purgatory. Amen.